Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. App. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in 508-996-0500. I was just taking a look at the Seize the Deal website, and we've got a lot of great deals for you. And, of of course, we have them every single day. But I want to let you know about the deal that's going on sale today. Let me just mention that right off the bat here. At 9 a.m., we're going to have a special buy one, get one gift certificate deal for the Old Gristmill Tavern in Seekonk. It is the preeminent New England tavern. They have everything on the menu from steaks to seafood. And beginning at 9 a.m., you can buy one gift certificate, get one free for the Old Gristmill at SeizeTheDeal.com. So just make sure you have that up there and ready to go. Uh, In the next hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. She's going to be joining us uh, this morning. Uh, alongside Ward 3 Counselor Sean Oliver. We're going to talk about a number of different issues, including if you remember, we had talked about how last week we had talked about how the council's uh, city property committee was going to be meeting to review the Zyterian's 99-year lease proposal. That meeting was actually canceled. So we'll find out tonight why that, uh, find out later on why that meeting was canceled. Uh, And then also we can talk about some of the other things that have been going on. Not a lot of council business going on, um, this week, but we can talk some more about the idea of the Charter Review Commission and other topics as well. We can also get the counselor's reaction to the Jensen Hughes report, which has now been released. And if you are been following along with that, you know, if you remember a few years ago, there was that report that was released, We Are the Prey, where it felt like black and Latino citizens were being un- unfairly targeted or targeted at a higher rate. Uh, by New Bedford police. And so, you know, they they came out pretty strongly against that report when that came out. And then as part of that, they said, we need to review over all of our policies and practices. And so they hired Jensen Hughes to come in and do that. And this report is, it's, again, pretty complimentary to the New Bedford Police Department saying they're doing a lot of things right. But it also had some recommendations of how they could do some things better. And uh, they'll be implementing a lot of those already and then looking to implement more in the future. One of the issues that was brought up was that there is a perception by some female officers that they are not treated fairly nor respected by other officers. These female officers feel harassed in some circumstances and powerless to do anything about it. And uh, that's something that, you know, New Bedford Light has been following along with some of the, the issues in that regard with some of the 
members of the department that have been accused of treating female staff members differently. So that's something that I'm sure the, the department is keeping an eye on and that we'll be talking more about in the future. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, boyfriend. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Doing all right. <laughs> uh, I wasn't able to tune in until just when I heard you say something about the old shots on King's Highway. Yep, we were uh, talking. Were, we were talking about as part of this report, they want they they recommended replacing police headquarters, and that was something that an app chatter had mentioned as a possible location. Yeah, I don't think that would be good either. Not only for what you mentioned, I, I heard what you said, but also all those lights when you're coming out of the exit, you got to stop everybody to go by. True. That yeah, would, that would hurt a little bit too because they wouldn't be able to get out very fast. But about that Shaw's, uh, recently they were talking about, and this was on the show about putting apartments there or something. Now, I don't think that's good either because the parking lot outside is for the businesses, for the customers coming in. So, And they can't put a parking lot in the back for the new residents because there's a railroad track behind there. And there's no other businesses that want to come in. That's been empty for a long time. But with all the businesses that are closing, who would want to just now go and open another one? It doesn't make... Look at that new place that was on a Christian Avenue near Brooklyn Park, that, that hot dog stand, my hot dog or Oh my hot dog or something mm-hmm. that's gone already. Yeah, I was, I was actually I was actually talking to Scott about that. Um, there, there'll be some news on that in the future, so don't don't be too, too discouraged about that. I know his family very well. His sister that uh, passed away like thirty years ago. She was one of my best friends back then. We lived in the same area, and I, I know them well. And his mother exceptionally well. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, but. I went in there for one or two hot dogs, which, and I ate it with the bread, let me tell you. And I, I don't do <laughs> bread, but if I'm going to ever have a hot dog, I'm going to eat it with the bread. That's the only time I'll eat the bread because it doesn't feel right to eat a hot dog without that bun, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I like my bun crispy. I don't know. I, I don't know. I Sometimes I like to just take a couple of hot dogs and throw them on a plate of beans. I like it like that without, without the roll. Yeah, but with the beans, you've got two things going on with that. It's very high carb, which turns to sugar in your system, and also you get the fart. You don't want that, do you? <laughs> You're on the radio, we're going to hear farting going on? I don't have a problem with it. It's the rest of you that might have an issue. Uh, and well, they, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be sitting here eating my sandwich. They don't bother me any. It's everybody else that seems to be bothered by them. Yeah, well, you got to watch them sugars, don't you? Aren't you yeah, you got to watch that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to not have... Um, you know, not have anything with carbs, anything with sugar, but you know, the beans are something that you can't really duplicate. You know, even the vegetarian beans are high in carbs. You really can't duplicate that. But you don't need any beans. That sensation. No, I'm just saying like, I just can't have the hot dogs and beans because there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no option. There's no alternative. Because then you'll get, well, you're not going to eat the bread then with it if you're going to have beans with it, right? That's way overkill. No, I, I, so I went to Gary's Best with my friend yesterday after we did the Z tour, and I had a couple of hot dogs for dinner, and I ate maybe about half the bun with them, and then I fed the other half to the squirrel. Yeah, the squirrels, yeah, they have to eat. I wonder if they would eat popcorn. I was thinking about that. You know, I used to take my long walks in the morning down at the uh, Pine Grove Cemetery. And something was going on over there for a long time because when I was doing my walk, you go all around, up and down. It's a good walk in there. And the squirrels were fine. But all of a sudden, for no reason, they started chasing me. 
And I kept telling my daughter, I said, hey, you got to take a walk with me one of these days at the Pine Grove Cemetery. Then something's going on with the squirrels today. Never did this before. She said, oh, you're crazy. It's all in your mind. But she went with me. She finally had time to go. And sure enough, she got frightened. They were chasing us. We couldn't do anything to stop them. I wanted to bring a little squirt gun or something. I'm thinking the drug addicts went over there and addicted those squirrels to drugs. And now when they see a human being walking by, they're running after you for it because they're addicted. Don't laugh. It's possible. I know you call me, you know, conspiracy. I don't know. But something happened with the squirrels. And if you can explain it to me, I'd be very happy. I, I wasn't laughing, but I did have a grin on my face. <laughs> Watch out for those grins. I, I <laughs> Because if you had not told me about it, because I can't see I, you, I wouldn't have known. But now that I know you're doing that, it's going to make me think, what are you doing with your face every time I talk to you? I've, I've got to say that's the first time I've heard that theory for sure. Yeah, well, it's possible. They were doing that about 20, 25 years ago over at the Presidential Heights in New Bedford up the hill here. They found out about it. There was drug addicts hanging around all, and they were ODing, laid out all over the ground, and the squirrels were acting funny and going up to people's doors. They found out because they found some dead squirrels. <laughs> the squirrels were knocking on the door and saying things like, no, hey, no, man, it's were, me, man. Hey, hey, you got the stuff? No, but they know that people come out of their doors, and so I guess maybe they were trying for something. They were up right up, coming up on the little steps. If you've ever been by there, they have little steps going up to the door. And the squirrels were all going up to doors. Something was definitely going on, and I'm glad they figured it out. It was a long time ago. So that's what makes me think that that's what's, what's happened to me at the Pine Grove Cemetery. If anybody out here go, goes there walking, and I met a lot of friends there. There used to be an elderly man riding his bike every single day. And this was back when I was younger, and I used to see him elderly on his bike. And he used to say, hey, if I can ride a bike at my age, you can ride a bike, which was true. So I haven't been there in a long time. I, I hope he's still alive with his bike. That's all I have to say today, my man. I wish you a good day, boyfriend. All right. You I hope a... everything works out well for you. I might not be able to call for a couple of days, but girls, do you hear that? He's all yours for a couple of days. <laughs> call in. Call in. And you behave, okay? Uh, I, I will try. Have a good day. You as well. And uh, always no promises, but good intentions when it comes to behaving. 508-996-0500 if, if you want to call in and chime in. Um, there, was, there was a lot to unpack there. But uh, going back to the idea of the, the police report and wanting to have a centralized headquarters, that's, that's something that was already being discussed, but it's something that the Jensen Hughes report recommends uh, needs to happen. As, as I mentioned before, you know that's a that's a former supermarket where the headquarters is now. You you'd like to be able to build with your needs in mind, what you need to have, and the needs of a police headquarters in twenty twenty three or twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, whenever they might actually have a have one built, it are, are different than when they put that building together, when they put the headquarters in that building, because you have more more civilians who work in the building with some of these. Uh, um, liaisons and, and different programs that they've added on. In fact, the it mentions that they are, one of the suggestions is to add an LGBTQ liaison like they have with some other communities in the city. So, you know, the, but it was you have more community liaisons and you have more outreach programs and things like that, you need to have more space. So I think, you know, you'd want to be able to design it the way that you 
feel would best suit the needs of the department, not only currently, but also going forward. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, she made me do it. She dared me. <laughs> well, then, then you, uh, you've, got the, you've got the floor now, so it's your chance to okay. respond. Um, I was just going to ask you, whose show does the mayor appear on on a regular basis? He's on South Coast now with, uh, with Marcus and Chris. Okay, and every what days? Uh, every Wednesday at eleven, same same time as before. It's just you know it's in their program now because they're on at that time slot. Oh, okay, all right. Because I have a Dartmouth has kiosks that they have around the town mm-hmm. that were designed or built <clears throat> by New Bedford folk students, and they're beautiful. Um, they've got little roofs on them and they're shingled. They're they're really cute. And then you know they have the uh, message board, so to speak. And uh, it would be wonderful if they could replace some of the things down at Tabor, Fort Tabor. Some of those things, the informational kiosks are a mess. Um, I don't know if there's like a life um, stand for the plexiglass, but it's cracked. I don't know how much of it is vandalism. But um, I just wondered if folk was doing that and would do it for free. That would be a great thing for New Bedford to hop on to. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think, you know, part, first of all, part of the the new idea of things like that is is obviously to have them be interactive and have them be something that people can go online and, and read more and, you know, you scan a QR code and all of that, but you still need to have the actual thing for people to do that with. You need to have that physical object for them to interact with. And, right, right. And, and replacing those, I think, is, is a great idea. I'm sure it doesn't cost much. I'm sure the, 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 they probably play, pay for materials and then the school just produces it for them. Yeah, I just think that that would be a, you know, because it looks shabby. Like if you have something like that, I'm not blaming anyone, but um, when you have something like that uh, at Fort Tabor, which is a jewel for the city, you really should maintain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean they do they do a good job, but there's there's the problem with Fort Tabor is the destruction that happens or the vandalism that happens happens faster than than the city can respond to it. In fact, I was in there one day filming a television show um, in Battery Milliken. We had permission. We had gone through all the proper channels, and it was uh, it was a PBS show, so it wasn't anything you know cheesy. And we were in there. We walked in there as a maintenance worker was painting over the walls and we said what, what are you doing and he says i'm painting over the graffiti i have to come in here like once every couple of months and paint over the graffiti and Shame. my suggestion to him was wouldn't it just be better to fortify the battery with better fencing one time mm-hmm. than have to have you keep coming in here and and painting it's like i, I just do what i'm told you know so mm-hmm. it just it just kind of showed that they're they're never going to be able to keep up with it but then you want to protect it. You start putting up all that fencing, and it kind of takes away, you know, the natural right. wonder of what's over there. Right. It would be nice to have like high-powered security cameras so that they could catch the person. And I know that that would, you know, create its own set of problems. But I just want to tell you something too. My niece went somewhere in, I believe it was Rhode Island, a restaurant, and she was telling me this story about how someone is buried in the parking lot. Yes, the, the the Valley Inn in Portsmouth. That's it. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was, uh, I one I was of, telling you something new. <laughs> I was just there. Um, when was I there? Uh, oh, it was about a year ago now. It was uh, mm-hmm. on the anniversary of the Lizzie Borden murders last year. Uh, myself and my friend Amanda, who is a, a person who studies the Borden case, 
we went there because that family that lived there was related to the Bordens. And, really? And there was a, a, a possible murder that happened in that home where mm -hmm. the mother was upstairs while the family was having dinner downstairs and the mother caught fire and died. And there's, um, there's some speculation that the son actually killed her to inherit Ooh. the property and everything. And I believe it's the son that's buried on the property and it's like right in the parking lot, right toward the entrance. The owner brought us right out to the exact spot where he is. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting, interesting story. story. We, we wrote an article about it at WBSM.com. If you search Valley Inn and WBSM, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Oh, great. I'll forward that to her. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Let's, um, let's squeeze in one more call here, and then I, I definitely got to take a break. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. It's Sketty. How are you? <laughs> I like the way you tried to pronounce my name. I looked, but I, I forgot my you. Um, so, yeah, I didn't even think about that, the businesses for the Kings Highway. Not going to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's not it's not so much that it wouldn't work um, if they had, like, different ways of the police being able to enter and exit the plaza. Yeah, no. Well, you know, um, the Regal Theater is still sitting there, too, empty. Yeah, so, and that's that's a space that I could be utilized for... On that for, a, um, what do you call it, housing. It, it could be. I mean, There's a lot of land behind that. Well, I don't know how far back the land actually stretches, but I mean, that was, yeah, that's just sitting there. And unfortunately, the same thing in Wareham. They closed that regal after they put all the recliners and made it so fancy. That and, uh, infuriated that, that's me. That all gated off. That infuriated me because Eversource bought it to make it a staging area for, mm -hmm. you know, disaster events. And, and so how often are they going to need to use that? And then I was like, you could have still operated the theater even with Eversource buying. They could have bought the whole parking lot and left a little bit of space there to operate the theater. I just think that it wasn't profitable, and they just took the easy way out instead of trying to find somebody that might buy it and, and keep it as a theater. Well, you know what? Well, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking on the same level. I'm saying they're going to reopen this because they put too much money in there during the pandemic. They redid all the, you know, clients, everything. And then, unfortunately, they couldn't recoup the money. And um, I feel like maybe somebody will try to bring that back. Because Plymouth, you'd have to go all the way to Kingston. Um, I don't know. Wareham was such a great place for the Regal. But but either either <laughs> either places, it, it's there. I mean, if we need to keep housing, um, the immigrants. But I say let's take care of our own first and then let them get into the um, shelters, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. I was thinking about that. But um, also I wanted to know why isn't Mary going to call in the next couple of days? Oh, because it's the weekend. Oh, oh. She'll, oh. she'll, she'll call back Monday. Oh, okay. But just no, we, yeah, I, th I, I think it's, I think it's just that. Minutes. I was thinking, oh, Jesus, she's sick. Um and um, when are we all going to do that get-together? Working on trying to nail down a a, um, a place to hold it, and then we can work out a date from there. It'll probably be like a Wednesday or a Thursday evening, um, you know, so it's not conflicting with when the place might normally be busy. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a chance to bring in some extra business for them, you know? Yeah. I, I, I would imagine maybe because it's getting so close to school. Mom's got to start school shopping and all that there. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe the end of September or something, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking probably yeah, probably sometime in September. We'll we'll get it all together, and as soon as we have it, I will announce it. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, I really enjoy you. I haven't had much time to catch everybody in the mornings. I caught a little bit of you 
yesterday. Um, but yeah, so anyways. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, enjoy every sandwich. <laughs> you as well. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Bye. You and too. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll get caught up on all the news and then we'll take some more of your calls in just a bit. Oh. And we'll take more of your calls in just a bit. But right now it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. The death toll from the Hawaii wildfires is now up to 55. Hawaiian officials expect that number to keep rising as rescue efforts continue in Maui, where the resort town of Lahaina has been nearly destroyed by a brush fire that started Tuesday. Governor Josh Green says the fire has left thousands homeless and destroyed up to a thousand buildings. Officials say search and rescue teams are using cadaver dogs as they comb through the ruins in Lahaina. The Lahaina fire is one of three wildfires fueled by dry conditions that are still burning in Maui. Congressional Democrats are blasting Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and some are calling for him to resign after an investigative report claimed Thomas received significantly more free travel and other gifts than previously believed. The latest uproar exploded on Thursday after ProPublica expanded upon earlier reporting on Thomas. ProPublica reported that Thomas took 38 destination vacations paid for by influential political donors and often flew privately privately using a 737 jet exclusively. The Senate Judiciary Committee passed a bill for a Supreme Court Code of Ethics last month. A New Hampshire woman and her daughter are safe after they were released from captivity in Haiti. The humanitarian organization El Roy Haiti released a statement yesterday saying that Alex Dosanville and her daughter were released on Wednesday. The two were held for 13 days after they were kidnapped in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Dorsanville, who is a nurse, lives in Haiti with her husband and who is the director of El Roy Haiti. The Ohio Supreme Court will hear the challenge to Ohio's abortion restrictions next month. Matt Race has more. Oral arguments are set to start September 27th as groups like Planned Parenthood challenge Ohio's so-called heartbeat law, which bans abortion once cardiac activity is detected in a fetus. Doctors have said that often happens before a woman realizes she's pregnant. It's currently being blocked by a Hamilton County judge while the challenge to it plays out. That's all a separate issue from the pro-choice state constitutional amendment that voters will consider this fall. I'm Matt Reese. A hearing in the special counsel Jack Smith's election interference, a case against former President Donald Trump, is set for today. It's likely to determine what rules should be imposed for the handling of evidence. The judge will consider whether Trump should be barred from talking about grand jury testimony. The hearing is set to begin at 10 a.m. Eastern today. And... The man behind the iconic 60s hit White Bird has passed away. David LaFlame was the leader and the violinist of the folk rock group It's a Beautiful Day, which had a hit in 1969 with their signature tune, White Bird. He was 82 years old. In sports, the Patriots lost their first game of the preseason against the Houston Texans last night with a score of 20-9. The Patriots will face off against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, Wisconsin on Saturday at 8 p.m. 
Meanwhile, in the world of baseball, the Red Sox won their game against the Kansas City Royals last night, 2-0, wrapping up their series. The Sox will play ball against the Detroit Tigers tonight. The first pitch at Fenway Park is at 7.10 p.m. And now, let's go to your ABC6 local weather forecast. Well, today we're going to be mostly sunny around the area and high near 83 degrees. Overnight tonight, we're going to be clear. It's going to be a great night to get outdoors. A crisp low, 57 degrees. And for our weekend, Saturday, partly sunny skies, high near 81. But by Sunday, we're going to become breezy in the afternoon with a 30% chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 70 degrees right now in New Bedford. I am Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. time to sit around and wait on the phone while you're getting up and getting ready? Send Tim a text using app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to the Tim Weisberg Show. If you want to call in and have your voice heard, or you can text in using app chat on the WBSM app, or you can send an open line voicemail and we'll play it here on the program. We got an app email from Steve who says, always thought that the land behind PACA, which is probably state owned, would be the perfect spot for a central police station. Easy access to Route 18 to south and close proximity to a cushioned avenue with the cutout under the railroad track to Cedar Grove Street under 195 west under 140 north or south. And I think that is the area that Mayor Mitchell was talking about when he uh, had mentioned that uh, they, they have some land that they own that would be a good spot for a future police station. So that could be the place. He just, you know, it's, it's going to take tens of millions of dollars to be able to build that. And so that's something that's going to have to be planned out and thought out. And they still want to build a, a north end public safety center, similar to the south end public safety center. So that's on the table as well. So there's a lot of projects that need to get put into place. Uh, and, and some of it coming as a result of this Jensen Hughes report that was released yesterday, which you can read about and read it in, in its entirety at WBSM.com and on the app. And in that report, it talks about the idea of, you know, meeting with the president's plan of 21st century policing. And that means getting up to speed with the technology that's there, getting up to speed with the the way that policing is happening in, in this century as opposed to the way that has happened in the past. And New Bedford is already well on its way for a lot of that, but needs to catch up in some other areas as well. One of the things that I think is um, a huge key that will 
help going forward, and it's just something that's already in play, something that's already in the works, and it came about as part of the... And, and we had talked about it for the last couple of years, the idea of having body cameras on police officers, and it always kept coming up that you know it would have to be worked into the next contract with the police union. Well, now that contract has been um, signed and agreed to, and so now that the police are under contract, that contract calls for the addition of body cameras. Now they've just got to get the funding and implement it. So, which is actually probably easier of a process than getting both sides to agree on a contract. So it'll be something that will be forthcoming. Chief Oliveira said yesterday that it could be coming as soon as early 2024. So that's pretty interesting. One of the, speaking of the police union, one of the recommendations from Jensen Hughes was to have the, police leadership and the rank and file officers not be part of the same union, which I think will be interesting to see if they go that route and, uh, and how that will all break down. But again, you can read that at WBSM.com and on the app. Also, I will have up my photo gallery of my tour, my behind the scenes tour of the Zyterian. I took one of those last night. It was uh, in association with aha night, but there's a number of these, free tours happening at the Zaitarian over the next couple of weeks. Then they're going to start doing some of the renovations. I'm sure as the work permits, they can do more of these so people can get in and kind of see the progress as they go along. But seeing the rent, as I said earlier, seeing the renderings of what they have planned is a lot different when you're actually in the space and looking at what it will look like when it's all said and done. The And, and you walk into the Zaitarian and you look around and you see how beautiful of a building that it is. And you might notice some of the little intricacies around there, but you don't notice all of them. And then even if you do notice all of them, you don't know the story behind them all. And that's why taking this tour was, was really cool because as we sat in you know, the main auditorium, and we're looking around, they're exp- Molly's explaining the muses and how you know, there's, I think, what, nine Greek muses and there's five that are depicted so they don't know if those are definitely the muses. That's just what they kind of called it. Talking about the chandelier, which cost $7,000 when they put it in in 1923. Also, uh, talking about how it can be lowered down to the floor and that to this day, whenever they lower it down to the floor to clean it or to change bulbs or whatever, the staff all come and watch because it's such a cool thing to see. It weighs, I think she said, what, 2,000 pounds? So a ton? A ton? that chandelier and that will be part of the new design that's not going anywhere but they are going to they've discovered that the original paint behind that was actually aluminum uh, the original material behind that was actually aluminum and not gold so they're going to restore that but also have lighting up there to allow you to change the colors of it depending on what show they're doing so uh, molly used the example of if they're if wicked is on stage they can turn that light over the chandelier green that that um space over the chandelier green so little touches like that having better quality led recessed lighting along the walls as opposed to those sconces with the the fake candles and all that it's going to look amazing but it's also going to be the same zaitarian that you remember just you know for a new for the next hundred years but take the tour it's worth it to find out all the information and some of it i had i had known because i wrote an article uh, recently about the 100th anniversary, and I looked back at what was the first show that was performed at the Z. 
and it actually opened with a vaudeville show. And it was put on by George Jessel, which if you remember his comic show, you know, his, his uh, stand-up routine in the 60s and the 70s, he was uh, famous. He had a famous sketch. I should have brought it up on the computer. I could have played it for you. But he later got known for his... Um, well, I mean, he was known at the time of, of uh, vaudeville for a lot of shows. He was a big, big vaudeville star. And then, as with a lot of those vaudevillians, his career kind of stagnated for a little while. But then he came back, uh, as a lot of the old vaudevillians did in the age of television, as these stand-ups. And he had that whole thing where his mother would call on the phone, Hello, mother. And... Um, Hello, Mama, rather. And he would, uh, he would talk about all the things that he, you know, he would be having the conversation, the one-sided conversation with his mother. That's something that he actually originated back in vaudeville. But anyway, this show was The Troubles of 20, 1922. And that was the first show that premiered at the Zyterian. And not long after that, it went from being a vaudeville theater to being the state. And it was a movie house. It, it only was a matter of months that it was the Zyterian, but then when it reopened in 1982, they, they chose that name because that was the original name, and that was the name, of course, because of the Zeitz brothers who started it. So pretty interesting stuff, and you'll learn a lot more if you take that tour. I am going to put up the photos at WBSM.com, maybe, maybe over the weekend, probably by Monday, so that you can have an inside look for yourself if you can't make it out there for one of the tours. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break coming up, but don't forget, too, it is Friday, right? So on Friday, they always have special stuff cooking up at the butcher shop at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. This is the day. You, you, Fridays, Saturdays, you want to go get some rabbit. You want to go get some goat. These are the days to go and get that at the butcher shop. Ready made. Ready for you to just come in and order it and take it out and eat it wherever you want to eat it. Home. You want to go sit in the park. You want to go uh, down to Fort Tabor. You can do that, but you can go down there and get some delicious pre-made food and also pick up all the meats and other goods that you'll need for the weekend. Get yourself some celebrity pork chops. Throw those on the grill. Get yourself some Terrace Major. Throw that on the grill. Get yourself some of their huge lobsters. They always have huge lobsters in the tank. I'm looking at those and I'm saying, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a lobster that size. You know, you go into the supermarket, you look in the tank and they're all little chicken lobsters that... You know, you say to yourself, that's not even worth throwing in the pot. I can't even get a lobster roll out of that. Now, you don't have to worry about that at the butcher shop. They are huge. And they also have a great selection of beer and wine, uh, an entire cellar filled with wine, stuff that you've, you've never heard of or didn't even know you could get in this area. And, and I always say from $5 a bottle to $500 a bottle, and that's not an exaggeration. So if you need something really fancy, stop on by there. But if you're just looking for something delicious to go with your dinner tonight, that's not going to cost you much money. They have that as well and everything in between. Plus the cheese fridge and soccer balls, right? They have the soccer balls there. So if you need a soccer ball, you can get it. Anything you need, they have. And if you don't have it, Eric will get it for you. Check out the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. All right, got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Um.
Welcome back in. 508-996-0500. That's the Greg Kin Band with the breakup song. And the Greg Kin Band had a couple of hits in the 80s. They had that. They had uh, Our Love's in Jeopardy, which Weird Al turned into the very funny I Lost on Jeopardy, which is it weird that when I went on the behind-the-scenes tour of the Zyterian yesterday, they took us underneath the stage where... They have, uh, it's like a, a catering area, and that's where the dressing rooms are, and they have laundry services. They have a, a washer and dryer, and when the artists come in to play, while they're performing the show, they'll do their laundry for them because they don't have a lot of time on the road to get their laundry done. So the Z will do the laundry for the artists to, to help them out. And I turned to Stephanie Burke, who was taking the tour with me, and I said, so that means Weird Al's underwear was in this was in this washing machine right next to me here. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway. So I remember years ago, in the early years of Spooky South Coast, somehow or another, I forget how I found out, but I found out that Greg Kin of the Greg Kin Band was a Spooky South Coast listener. It's so weird when I find out who it is that listens to the, the show and is, is, is a fan of Spooky South Coast. It's... Greg Kinn was one of them. Uh, Richard Edson, who was in the band Sonic Youth for a while, and he's also the guy who uh, is the, the the valet in Ferris Bueller's Day Off that takes off with the car, and he's been in small roles in a number of movies. Uh, 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 Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top would listen to the show. Like it's, you hear all these people, and you're like, wow, I can't believe it. People that I admire their work is listening to my dumb little paranormal show, which which uh, I don't think will be back tomorrow night, and it might be a few more weeks before it returns, but it will in time for spooky season coming up in the fall. Uh, we will have uh, also, we will have uh, for you some paranormal topics here in the morning in October as well. Not It's not going to be an overabundance of it because I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but we will certainly work in some of that discussion. I'm going to be all over the place talking to libraries every night all through October. I've already got half the month booked up and I'm booking up more. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of very interesting stories I can share with you, especially because some of these libraries I'll be going to are rumored to be haunted. I'm actually going out today to talk to uh, a group of folks at a senior center about the Bridgewater Triangle and, and a whole bunch more stuff. So it's a lot of fun getting out there and talking to to the people about it. And it also means that you know they can talk to me about their experiences. And that's always on the table here. You can always bring it up. Even though this isn't the paranormal show, I'm here for you if you need me. And I'm always here for you to talk about things that are going on in and around the city of New Bedford and across the South Coast. We'll do more of that when we come back after our final break of the hour. going to be taking a break for the news coming up and when we come back on the other side of that we will be joined by new bedford city council president linda morad and ward three city councilor sean oliver we'll talk about well we can talk some more we can get talked more with council oliver because we haven't really heard from him since the early stages of what was going on with the ballot question and the charter review discussion so we can talk with him about that we can also talk about why the meeting that was supposed to happen 
for the council to discuss the proposed 99-year lease for the Zyterian was canceled. We'll talk about that as well. And some of the other things that are happening around the city. And, of course, uh, on the other side of that, we will take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500. Of course, we will also have South Coast Now this morning with Marcus Ferro and Chris McCarthy. We will have Barry Richard. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.